From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Steve Malsberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. And uh, that would be me. Welcome aboard, everybody. Steve Malsberg with you. It's 9.04 p.m. on Thursday. Thursday already. Uh, Evening here on the east coast of the United States. And you know what day and time it is wherever you are listening to the Steve Malsberg Show. And as we take to the air, we have uh, breaking news. Hunter Biden, the president's wonderful son, has been um, indicted on nine criminal charges in a federal tax case. Um, He's been charged in uh, connection with this long-running Justice Department investigation. Uh, This uh, nine counts, including failure to file and pay taxes, evasion of assessment, false or fraudulent tax returns. And um, this, according to CNN, um, let's see, according to the special counsel's team, Hunter Biden engaged in a four-year scheme not to pay at least $1.4 million in taxes that he owed from 2016 through 2019. Uh, Though Biden did eventually pay his taxes from 2018, prosecutors say he included false business deductions in order to evade assessment of taxes to reduce these substantial tax liabilities. Prosecutors say in the indictment that he subverted the payroll and tax withholding process of his own company by withdrawing millions of dollars outside of its payroll and tax withholding process. They say that Hunter Biden spent millions of dollars on extravagant lifestyle rather than paying his tax bills. Now, let me give you my take on this, um, and then we'll get the uh, take of our guest, um, the one and the only, of course, uh, Jeffrey Lord. Look, you know, this was a grand jury that was convened. Uh, They obviously came back with these charges, these indictments. Hunter Biden was going back and forth with Congress. He was going to be held in contempt. He said, I'll come and talk to Congress about my business dealings and my father or whatever, if I could do it in the open, in public, in front of a microphone. But that's not what the subpoena was. That's not what the Congress wanted him to do. They wanted him behind closed doors to give a deposition that might be followed at a later date by a public appearance. But he wanted to call the shots and he knew that would be turned down. And he and his lawyers wanted to make the Congress look bad. The Republicans saying, oh, don't you want him in public? Don't you want him in front of a microphone? No, not at the beginning. They don't. Or they would have uh, subpoenaed him for that. So this was going back and forth. And guess what? Guess what? Now that he's been indicted, I feel like I should whisper like Joe Biden. Now that he's been indicted, he's not going to have to testify before the Congress. Voila. And what difference does it make that he's been indicted? What difference does it make if this ever goes to trial and he's found guilty on all these tax evasion charges, one of them, two of them, three of them, nine of them, doesn't matter. You know why? Because Joe Biden can pardon his son. Of course, he's going to pardon him. The whole thing's a joke. The whole thing is a joke. You think they don't know what they're doing? We're supposed to believe that Hunter Biden's going to spend a day in jail? Are you kidding me? 
Now he doesn't have to testify before Congress, which would have involved his father. And if he's found guilty, he's found guilty. You know, his father, I could read the statement now. My son has been through so much. My son battled drugs and look at him now. What a, what a man. And I'll be damned if I'm going to let him be punished for what, what if he, if he wasn't my son, he wouldn't even be punished for, he would never have been charged. And to boot, I'm going to let him go into jail after he's turned his life around on a political witch hunt, blah, 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 whatever. And he'll never serve a day in jail. That's my opinion. But let's go to someone who really knows what he's talking about, unlike me. <laughs> and that would be the one and only Jeffrey Lord, columnist, commentator, uh, author, of course, and um, former Reagan administration official. Jeffrey, welcome aboard, sir. Well, thank you. And just for the record, the closest I've come to drugs is the Excedrin extra strength. That's it. No, I didn't mean I didn't mean you knew what you were talking about when it came to drugs. You just got on. I was talking about Hunter Biden. Well, in my opinion, my, 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 the indictment and my take is it, it, it stops him for it prevents him now. He can't testify before Congress because I'm facing trial. So that saves the the testimony about his father and the connections. It stops him from taking the fifth or whatever. And by the way, if he's convicted on all these nine counts, his father will pardon him anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, this is, I mean, the, the word that pops to mind is incestuous about all of these family connections and how they're related one to another and, and what happens with official actions and all of this kind of thing. It's not that we haven't seen this kind of problem in American history before. Uh, I, I remember, I'm old enough to remember, I was a kid, but I was a geek and I read all this stuff. The New York Times protested when President-elect John F. Kennedy announced that he was appointing his brother Bobby as attorney general. <laughs> so this thing, kind of thing has been around uh, in the Trump era. Uh, they didn't like the fact that uh, President Jared. Trump was appointing uh, Jared and Ivanka as special advisors in the White House. I don't really see anything wrong. I know enough history to know that this kind of thing happened with, of all people, Andrew Jackson, who appointed, uh, appointed his son-in-law or some such thing to his White House staff in the day. So, c'est la vie, you know. The question is, what do you do when you're there? And how do you operate and, and all that? That really always becomes the question. Yeah. All right, so we'll we'll see what uh, what happens here with uh, with Hunter. So, um, did you watch the debate last night? Yeah, I watched a little of it. I, I almost think I fell asleep. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> but you know, when watching the reruns of all of this sort of stuff, uh, I don't think they really distinguish themselves here. Uh, you know, just by geek chance. When I was in the fourth grade, my parents were very involved in politics in Massachusetts. And I remember watching the first Kennedy-Nixon debate, which was the first kind of televised presidential level debate. And years later, when I was in college, I was a government major. And one of the things that the government department did every single year, and I went all four years, is... Uh, show the Kennedy-Nixon debate, that first debate, which was in black and white, 
And what they would do is have you listen to the first 15 minutes of it on the radio. So you're just hearing it. And then you would watch the whole thing visually. And they did it to emphasize the point that when in the day Americans saw it on television, they gave the debate to JFK. He's young, he's handsome, he was dressed in a dark suit, he looked terrific. When they listened to it on the radio and couldn't see him, they thought Nixon won the debate. So, right. I mean, right. it's sort of my model for, for these debates. And I look at this and I thought, wow, you know, some of these people are just not distinguishing themselves here. Uh, I've met uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, and I think, you know, you got to be positive when you run for president of the United States. And this business of, you know, going after your opponents in, in, in a fashion like that, I don't think it helps him. I don't think it helps Chris Christie, frankly, to to respond as, in the way he did. But, hey, right. well, we, yeah. Yeah, no, no, but we and we have some examples. And by the way, yeah, sure, that Nixon thing—that's that's that's a brilliant point. And you're absolutely right. And and um, I mean, if I think, you know, uh, first of all, Nixon had the five o'clock shadow and everything yes. else, and Kennedy yes. was was Kennedy. Great but, suit. You know, if, if we if we want to talk, but if we want to talk about the Gavin Newsom DeSantis debate, I mean, Gavin Newsom, I I mocked after after the fact. I said he got killed in the debate. But at least not one hair on his head fell out of place. And Bingo. I think if I think if you listen to that on the radio, you'd say, who's this Newsome character? Um, but when you watch him, he's he, you know, he's he's slick. He looks good. He's got the hair. He's got the thing. He's tall. It's a different story. He's not the governor of some Midwestern state. He's the governor of California, which is to say he is uh, he he comes up in a political background that is highly media centric. Having worked for one of those governors in the past, current uh, <laughs> president, it helps to know a lot about television and all of this. And I don't know if you, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure you do recall the first debate, which I think was in uh, New Hampshire with Republican candidates. <laughs> and and uh, the New Hampshire, I think it was the Manchester Union leader had arranged it so that it was they were narrowing it down to Reagan versus Bush. But you had all these other candidates, Howard Baker, right. Bob Dole, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they all came onto the stage and the moderator wasn't letting them debate. And Reagan, <laughs> classic style, which I actually think was a memory from a Spencer Tracy movie where uh, Reagan grabs the microphone, stands up and says, I paid for this microphone. That was a green called him. His name was John that, Green with a B, but he called him Mr. Green. But the point was, dramatically, <clears throat> I think Reagan won the Republican nomination that night. So what you do in these debates matters and how you appear matters. And I'm just not sure we, we had any winners here the other night. No, and that was an iconic, obviously, moment, you know, along with uh, along with uh, I won't bring up your age, you know, to uh, to to Mondale. And uh, but but yeah, I paid for this microphone. I, lo I love watching that. I've, I've seen it many, many times. All right. Let's listen to a couple of things here. Some of the examples you, you might be talking about um, here is um, uh, Christie defending Nikki Haley. Because I mean, and and it's really unbecoming because it's not like he did it once. 
in one debate or twice. He does it every time he talks, it seems like, just attacking Nikki Haley. And it it, it really looks like bullying. I, I, I'm sorry. I know she's a strong woman and she, she could take care of herself. But here's um, and then to see Chris Christie come to the rescue really ticked me off. But here's cut 92. We're now 25 minutes into this debate and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. And while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be president of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting. So I'm going to take this. Okay. so again, I just I'm I'm tired of Ramaswamy attacking her. I mean, it's it's predictable. It's boring. And it's it's it makes him look like a bully. This is what happens, I think, when you are a political novice. And I mean, he's never run for office for anything, city council, <laughs> governor, senator, anything in between. Um, and he he doesn't know how to behave in this kind of situation. And so he, he, he disagrees with Nikki Haley. That's fine. But to go after her in the way he does it hurts him. I don't think he gets the message here that the only person he's doing damage to is himself and his own candidacy. And, you know, so he sort of plows on. Uh, I think had he been more of an experienced uh, in the political world, he would understand there's a better way to do this. And and the way he's choosing to do it is not going to work. And, and it, it oh. makes him look bad. Yeah, we're talking to Jeffrey Lord here on the Steve Malzberg show. OK, let's go to another one. Here's cut 95. Father time is undefeated. I don't know how he would score on a, on a test, but I know this. We have an opportunity to nominate someone and elect someone for two terms who's going to be spitting nails on day one and for eight years so deliver you, you big results. We should think. not nominate somebody he won't who's, answer. It, who's, who's almost 80 years old. Okay. He's afraid to answer. No, I'm not. He's, no, you have to no. either, either you're afraid or you're not listening. No, it's not. There's a simple you don't, you don't question. Hear is he fit? Is he fit? Hey, hey, no, they can hear this. No one can hear you. They can't hear you. You finish and then you get it back. All right. You know, look, I'm a simple guy. Okay. I hear the question and I answer it. Is he fit or isn't he? I'll concede you're fit, Ron. You're a new generation. You're 44 <laughs> years old. I wish I was still 44 years old. Okay. 45. So, well, congratulations. I'd still take 45. Is he fit or isn't he? And this is the problem with my three colleagues. They're afraid to offend. You know, I, I, I could, I, first of all, if I didn't know Christy so well, uh, I, I, I could maybe uh, put up with it. But d- let's not forget, uh, Jeffrey, I think there should be a disclaimer under Christie's name every time he answers a question. Um, prepped Donald Trump in 2020 for his debate against Joe Biden. Now, you wanted him reelected, yet you think he was awful. I mean, what does that say about you? Well, that's right. That's right. And I, I just, 
I, you know, I keep listening to Chris Christie in this. I mean, I've met him. I like him. Uh, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I met him at a Trump Christmas party in the White House. <laughs> uh, he certainly liked Donald Trump then. Uh, I don't know what else to say. But, you know, the, the, the problem here is when you run for president of the United States, and I don't care what party you're in, what the American people want to know is how are you going to deal with their problems? You know, you've got people out there in our current situation who who are having problems buying a dozen eggs or getting their car filled with car filled with gas. And and they're making this into a personal bone of contention with each other. This doesn't work. This is this is not why people elect people as as president. And all I can think of is <laughs> President Reagan, then candidate Reagan in 1980, when Jimmy Carter went after him, and and Reagan's response was simply to nod that head and go, "Well, there you go again." <laughs> and that's that's exactly right. I mean, th these guys they got to understand they're not running for you know county commissioner; they're running for president of the United States. The American people know and need to know that this election is about them, not about they're you know these would-be candidates who are so busy attacking one another i mean that just doesn't work i want to i want to shift now and and uh studio we're going to i'm going to flip-flop 77 and 89 so the next one will be in a second 77 if that's okay um this this um during the hannity town hall this question has gotten a lot of attention as the media, and I'm going to ask you about this in a second, but, you know, this dictator nonsense, which is the newest accusation against Trump. I mean, Scarborough said he's going to execute anybody that he could get away with executing. I mean, they're out of their freaking minds. Uh, but here is uh, here's what uh, here's Hannity's question. Here's Trump's answer. Here's 77. I want to go back to, to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, what? He's going to prison. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, that's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not, oh, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm going to be... I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like you're going back to the policies when you were president. All right. Yeah, I mean, obviously all Trump had to say, but he's Trump, was, of course not, never. And, and he's not going to be a dictator or an abuse that, that what he what he said he would do on day one is not an abuse of power. So it makes no sense the answer. But let me ask you, you know, Pat Buchanan once told me uh, when he wrote his last book, uh, he said, you know, I, I look at the media and this was uh, when the when Trump was running or maybe he had just become president. And he said, I look at that. I, I never thought I would see media treat a president worse than they treated Richard Nixon, because, of course, Pat Buchanan right. worked for Richard Nixon. And he said, and I can't believe what's happening now. Well, what's happening now is worse than the first time around. I mean, they're calling this guy every freaking name in the book. Uh, Hitler, a Nazi. He's going to execute people. It's the end of democracy. I mean, they're basically setting up. And then they talk about Jeffrey. And this is what gets me. And you write for uh, for newsbusters.org. Um, 
the left will say in a minute, oh, if somebody gets hurt or somebody does something, oh, they must have listened to that right wing talk radio or must have been influenced by where the, the right Nancy Pelosi's husband. Anybody who ever said anything against Nancy Pelosi has blood on their hands. God forbid something happened to Trump. What do these people think they would have on their hands? But you know what? They would justify it. They would justify it. So I gave you a whole bunch there. I, I, I'm just so ticked off at everything that's going on with the media. I can't take it anymore. Well, you know, I'm old enough to remember that in 1963, when President Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, the morning that he arrived in Dallas, the uh, Dallas, I forget the name of the newspaper, uh, ran an editorial or an op-ed welcome President Kennedy to Dallas and proceeded to excoriate him for A, B, and C political policies. Several hours later, of course, infamously, he was assassinated. Well, the larger world media piled on that poor newspaper, in essence, trying to suggest that because they wrote a, uh, an opposing editorial to him, that they were responsible for his assassination. This is how these people operate all of the time. And, you know, they'll give a pass if you're out there in Antifa, if you're running around American cities uh, throwing firebombs and and disrupting businesses, that's no big deal. If you're doing it in the name of Black Lives Matter, that's just fine. If you're uh, a bunch of people who got out of control on January 6th, this is an everlasting sin. Uh, it, 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 it's despicable, but they've been doing this forever and a day, so I don't expect it to change. Yeah, well, it's not it's not going to change. And, and you 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 give me a, a good lead into the uh, the next cut I want you to hear. And this involves the surreal testimony by those three university presidents a couple of days ago. And God bless Elise Stefanik, who, yes. as far as I know, is not yes. Jew not Jewish. I mean, she was incredulous. She was the one asking the questions and hearing the responses and how she just didn't like really flip out. I have no idea. But these three women should all be fired, should have been fired immediately. Now, two of them, at least, uh, the the uh, the Harvard uh, University professor, uh, she's kind of backtracked on what she had to say. President Gay, uh, let me just read what she said. There are some who have confused the right to free expression with the idea that Harvard will condone calls for violence against Jewish students. Let me be clear, calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or any religious or ethnic group are vile. They have no place at Harvard and those who threaten our Jewish students will be held to account. Well, which is kind of covering her butt, but still means nothing. But the University of Pennsylvania, which lost a $100 million donation right. after the president... Um, uh, uh, what's her name? Liz Matt Magal um, testified. She put out a video. The school, through her school, put out a video. I want you to hear it and watch it. Here's cut number 89. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which say that speech alone 
is not punishable. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. I wanna be clear, a call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries and were the victims of mass genocide in the Holocaust. In my view, it would be harassment or intimidation. Yeah, well, so the $100 million uh, loss, I guess, got to somebody who got to her. That'll concentrate uh, your again, attention. And, I, and I'll tell you what, as a Jew, it's not because the Jewish people have been through so much in the in the Holocaust in, in in Germany. That's not why. I mean, if 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 the if people showed up with tiki torches, okay, and chanted um, uh, blacks, blah blah blah. Are you kidding? Or or trans? You know, get out of here, trans. But not even threatening to the genocide. Just are you kidding? Those people would be arrested. They'd be expelled. They'd be everything. But. There's something going on here. Um, so what, what's your take on this? Well, you know, one I, of the, I don't even know what to call it. One of the things that crossed my mind in listening to that, I mean, and this is a university president, is ignorance. When we talk about the Ku Klux Klan, people instantly think of black people. But in point of fact, the historical record shows that the Ku Klux Klan hated Jews. They hated Catholics. They were, you know, not just after black people. They were after Jews and Catholics and people that they thought were were opposed to, you know, were infiltrating. I mean, all that crazy stuff. Well, if these people understood that, would they still be saying the same things? At the moment you attach the Ku Klux Klan to something, suddenly I think their their eyes would light up with a little recognition of what's going on here, but they don't do it. And I mean, this is this is disgraceful. I mean, I look at my own life as an American and I'm your basic congregationalist Protestant boy. And literally, I was thinking about this in the course of this uh, situation, literally from kindergarten, and I went to my <clears throat> 50th college reunion, you know, <laughs> at Marshall College, literally from kindergarten to college where my roommates i had jewish friends jewish roommates etc 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 the notion that anybody in america would believe this garbage it, it just it blows my mind the sad thing is there are people out there like this and wow this means education is ongoing is i mean the holocaust happened before i was around on this planet but education is a key thing and americans have to know i mean i'd recognize i i would recommend turning off uh cable news and watching the history channel on uh weekends and uh seeing about the rise of adolf hitler and germany and and what happened and the holocaust and all this a little education about uh, jeffrey history. jeffrey i hate to i hate to interrupt not to interrupt yes, so it's a, you're giving me brilliant stuff as always but I, I got the answer already i don't even know if it's right and it doesn't matter 
That's Jewish propaganda on the History Channel. The Jews put that out. I mean, come on. I'm not saying I heard that, but that would be the response to what you're saying. Yes. You know, they're they're all out of their minds. Uh, I mean, this 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 stuff has been around for a I mean, centuries and centuries and centuries. I'm always sort of amazed when I hear uh, all of these pro-Palestinian people talk about the occupiers. Well, you know, I read history. And I know that Jews were in the Middle East for thousands of years before Muhammad was born. Uh, what what can I say? They don't know basic world history. And, uh, and that is a problem. When you're dealing with ignorant people, and I don't care what the situation is, you've got a problem on your hands. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Jeffrey, my friend, I thank you. As always, I hope you have... A wonderful Christmas and a healthy, happy new year. And I'm looking forward to the political scene and everything else and hopefully sharing it with you uh, right here on on, on this show. And thank you as always, my friend, Steve. Buckle up. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's that's for sure. Jeffrey Lord, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Jeffrey. All right. right, um, Bye bye. We have a lot more to get to. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, By the way, I just want to make clear. I hope if those of you watching. I'll stand for a second. If you could see this, see the emblem. That's a, that's a Brooks Brothers shirt. I tell you that because, and the emblem's important. You ever watch Two and a Half Men? I watch the reruns of all these shows, okay? Uh, in between CNN and MSNBC and whatever else I'm doing. Um, Alan, Alan Harper, Charlie's brother, has worn this exact, I mean, not this shirt, not mine. But this shirt, this pinkish, you know, with the stripes and the, I mean, I don't know. I should start counting the episodes. Throughout the show's history, he wore this shirt, same same type, same shirt, Brooks Brothers, same color, countless times. And I always said, I got that shirt. I got that shirt. You didn't hear it because I said it in my home, but I've said it. So I thought I'd share it with you for whatever it's worth, which I know is nada. All right. <laughs> we have a lot to get to. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Don't go anywhere. Stay here on TNT Radio Vision. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like Know your warning signs so you can act early. Make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts. Reminders of things that make you feel strong. Some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. I'm Cal Fire Battalion Chief Isaac Sanchez, and normally we like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourselves and your family safe during wildfires. But given the historic impacts that the weather has had on our state this year, we would like to provide you with tips on how to keep yourself safe during extreme weather. If you reside in an area susceptible to flooding, Please take the necessary steps to prepare to evacuate if advised. Make sure you've identified at least two exit routes out of your neighborhood as one of them may be blocked or flooded. 
As the weather develops, remember to check in on vulnerable neighbors and family members. They may need additional time to prepare for evacuation. And just like during a wildfire, if you feel unsafe, please evacuate. You don't have to wait for the order to come. Keep an emergency go bag ready in case you need to evacuate. And always remember to plan for the safety of your pets as well. If you must leave, never drive around roadblocks. It can take as little as 12 inches of water to sweep your vehicle away. And always remember the mantra, turn around, don't drown. Be aware of first responders working in highly impacted areas, especially on the roads. For additional safety tips and updates on CAL FIRE activities, follow us on social media or visit fire.ca.gov. The Net Zero Con will leave millions of citizens dependent on state handouts. It isn't a theory. It's an agenda. There is no climate emergency. On air 24-7. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Yeah, I love all those people who went to the uh, climate summit on their private jets. <laughs> Using more or emitting more carbon than you and I would admit in several years just to get there and back. What a joke. What a joke. Okay. Uh, I hope you're not a climate denier, Al Gore, denier. <laughs> and you know how they came up with that to make to, to shame people uh, and, and make it the equivalent of a Holocaust denier. Aren't they clever? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're not a denier. You and the media went so far. Many in the media went so far as to say, we're not putting on climate deniers. It's established science. It's fact. No, it's not. <sighs> Calm down. You're wearing Alan Harper's shirt. Calm down. Okay. More from the debate last night. Nikki Haley and company and uh, sit back and enjoy cut 90. That Taiwanese want to help Ukrainians because they know if Ukraine wins, China won't invade Taiwan. There's a reason the Ukrainians want to help Israelis because they know that if Iran wins, Russia wins. These are all connected. But what wins all of that is a strong America, not a weak America. And that's what Joe Biden's given us. I want to say one thing about the tie to Ukraine, Go if ahead. I may. So foreign policy experience is not the same as foreign policy wisdom. I want everybody at home to know that I was the first person to say we need a reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. Now a lot of the neocons are quietly coming along to that position, with the exceptions of Nikki Haley and Joe Biden, who still support this, what I believe is pointless war in Ukraine. And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you, that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after, has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for. All right. Uh, from what I read, she did mention three or four provinces. Uh, he's really out of, he's really gone too far. He's, he's frustrated. He knows he has absolutely no shot at the nomination. He's blown away, I think, his, um, his chance to, to be, have any kind of cabinet position or anything else. He's just out of touch. And, and the way he picks on her, she was the, U, uh, the U.S. U.N. 
Uh, she was the ambassador to the United Nations from the U.S. I'm still saying it wrong. And he says she had a cup of coffee at the U.N. I mean, what, what has he done? What has he done? I know he's a billionaire. Good. He's successful. But you mock the fact that she served the country as the United Nations ambassador? You know, it's just it's it, it it really was getting it's getting sickening. Thank goodness there are no more. I don't think no more debates. And um, but here's another cut for you. <laughs> here's ninety one. Enough. Okay, hold Enough. On, hold on. Let me just say something here. You know, his reasonable peace deal in Ukraine. He made it clear. Give them all the land they've already stolen. Promise Putin you'll never put Ukraine in Russia. And then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable. That's not my deal. That's that, not my yes, deal. Yes, it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll you do this at every debate. I'll just, I'll you exactly say no, no, no. Don't interrupt I'll me. I didn't interrupt you. Okay? You tell say this. You, you do this. At, you do this at that's every funny. debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you out on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say tell you what. Exactly no, what I I, said, Chris. I'm not I done yet. Well, this now is now look. This is not a spew. This is not a spew nonsense. This is the fourth debate. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up for a while. I'm going I'm to respond to that. I want to say your version of all right. I have to take issue. As pathetic as his performance is and has been, and as much of a bully as he's proven to be and has is perceived to be for picking on Nikki Haley, there's no bigger blowhard in America than Chris Christie. I mean that figuratively and literally. <laughs> Please don't project, Governor. Don't project. There's no bigger blowhard than you. And I promise, if not tomorrow, eh, maybe I'll push myself and get it tomorrow. You've got to see the Chris Christie Saturday Night Live appearance. Again, just weeks after Hurricane Sandy hit in 2012, hit the state of New Jersey, causing billions in damages, homes destroyed, 40 some odd people dead. And this blowhard, buffoon, goes on Saturday Night Live and mocks the whole storm, the aftermath of the storm, New Jerseyans, just, again, it, you, you, where do these people come from? What's in their heads? That's who he really is, and I'll show it to you. I promise. I've played it for you, uh, but those of you who could watch now uh, uh, live, I'll show it to you because you've got to see this. It's just Unbelievable. Okay, let us move on. One more from the uh, from the debate. This will be ninety three. Father time is undefeated. The idea that we're going to put someone up there that's almost 80 and there's going to be no effects from that, we all know that that's not true. Uh, and so we have an opportunity to do a next generation of leaders and really be able to move, move this country forward. We also need a president that can serve two terms. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump, I think he's going to have, a, I don't think he'd be, be able to get elected. The Democrats want him to be the nominee. We see that. They are going to turn the screws the minute if he got the nomination. But do you think he's you're mentally see it. fit to be president? I think we need to have somebody younger. I think when you get up to 80, I don't think it's a job for that. But let me just respond to some of the things there. Look, uh, the media is making a big deal about what he said about some of these comments. I would just remind people uh, that is not how he governed. He didn't even fire Dr. Fauci. He didn't fire Christopher 
Christopher Ray. He didn't clean up the swamp. He said he was going to drain it. He did not drain it. He said he was going to build the wall and have Mexico pay for it. We don't have the wall. Uh, he did say in 2016 he'd have the largest deportation program in history. He deported less than Barack Obama did when Barack Obama was president. So some of the some of these policies he ran on in 16, I was cheering him on then, but he didn't deliver it. Okay. Um I, I think I, I think I, uh, I, I, I lied. By the way, there's one more cut. But he was talking about Trump's dictator and the people calling him a dictator because he, you know, that he's gonna he'll kill kill people, but execute people, put people in jail, close down the media, uh, put uh, enemies, uh, prosecute enemies. And DeSantis is saying all this talk like that. He didn't do that the first time. He couldn't even, like he said. Unfortunately, he couldn't get the immigration policies, policies he got, but couldn't get the fence the way he wanted it. He couldn't get this the way he wanted it. That I mean, he, he, the guy didn't do any of that. He didn't even drain the swamp, quote unquote. And now he's going to now he's going to execute people. And of course, again, people like Scarborough, Trump derangement syndrome. If he believes it, he's a sick, sick man. And if he's lying, he's a sick, sick man when he says that Trump is going to execute people. Yeah. What would please. Okay. I think there's one more. I believe it's 94. If we didn't do it already, then let's do it. Why isn't he just answering the question? The question was very direct. Is he fit to be president or isn't he? The rest of the speech is interesting, but completely non-responsive. And if we were in a courtroom, they'd strike the answer and say, Governor DeSantis. No, they would. They would say that. You're a smart man. No, they would. No, they wouldn't. They would strike the answer because you're not answering it. Is he fit? You have your your thing. Is he fit or isn't he? No, I don't have my thing. He's the thing. Is he fit or isn't he? You're talking about him being 80 years old. It doesn't mean that somebody is elected. That's what the people do. Governor DeSantis, let him finish. Governor DeSantis, let him finish. Ron, I think we have an opportunity to do somebody who is in the primary. Yes. You don't have to no worry about. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, you know, look, Christy, Christy's got a purpose for doing all this to get it. I, I, in my opinion, to get a job somewhere when this is over, to, I don't know, to write a book. I don't know what it is uh, to be, you know, the, to, 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 the TDS is kicked in with him. So he qualifies for a job at MSNBC or CNN or or somewhere like that. And don't be surprised if that happens, because this is just insane. This is just again. Am I wrong or didn't Chris Christie prep Donald Trump for his Joe Biden debate? This was after Trump's term was just was almost all over. Now, if Trump was such a horrible president and is such a horrible person, why were you helping him? Win a second term because he's a blowhard, because he's a buffoon, because he's, in my opinion, phony baloney. And I have experience with him. I'll explain it all when I show you the uh, Saturday Night Live stuff. Told you when he ran the first time for governor, the final debate to get the Republican nomination with two, uh, with two other candidates on the Republican side was on my show on WOR Radio in my studio. And I had done sports a long time before I did politics. And Chris Christie said, oh, you know, he, he knew me from that. He loved me. With it. And then after he won and after I started questioning some of his decisions on the air, the day he won, one day he was supposed to come on with me and canceled 
that day. He wasn't. I said, we'll be back with Chris Christie. He didn't come on. He didn't come on. And that's who Chris Christie is, in my view. Well, whatever. That's not why I say what I say about him. I think he's a he's a rhino. I don't think he's a conservative at all. Okay, one final segment left in the hour. Steve Malsberg, don't go away, right here on TNT Radio Vision. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. This is so obviously a PR-driven false narrative psyop, it's hard to believe anyone could buy it, much less get excited by it. But I guess they're right, you can fool some of the people all of the time. I'm talking, of course, about the latest love of the decade, Taylor Tay-Tay Swift, who was elevated to stardom by singing whiny songs about all her failed relationships. And Kansas City Chiefs tight end and Pfizer vaccine shill, Travis Kelsey. This isn't a romance. This is the Hollywood music industry and the NFL combining to push Joe Biden across the finish line next November. And along the way, Tay-Tay's gonna get the job done by pushing abortion. Her traditional audience was preteen girls, and she's trying to get that a little older demographic, the voting age demographic. Will it work? Time will tell. I just hope that people wake up before it's too late. From MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. Asthma is a growing problem, especially among children. Asthma affects the quality of life for millions like me every single day. My name is Chris Draft, and I have asthma. And I've spent more than a decade in the NFL tackling asthma on and off the field. Join me and the EPA in helping people control their asthma. Asthma is a lung condition that can be controlled through medication and by avoiding things that can make it worse. Three steps are the solution to controlling asthma. Step one, talk to a doctor. Step two, make a plan. And step three, get rid of things that can make it worse. Asthma can be tackled. For more information on asthma, log on to epa.gov slash asthma. You're with Steve Malzberg on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome back. Don't forget, follow me on Twitter at Steve M. Talk, Facebook.com slash Steve M. Talk. Um, Instagram is Steve M. Talk. And uh, also email me, Steve Malzberg at TNTradio.live. Okay, so here's a story. I was 100% right. And here's a story uh, on the hill, from the Hill. November of 2021, former New Jersey governor Chris Christie said on Axios on HBO that the only thing he regretted about prepping former President Donald Trump for debates during his 2020 re-election campaign was contracting COVID-19. And this is before, of course, Christie announced that he was running, you know, here in 2023 and 2024. So, so here's a guy despises Donald Trump. He was a horrible president. He's a horrible person. He's a horrible this, a horrible that. Yet, after, like I said, in, in, in 2020, when he had months left in his term, there's Chris Christie helping him prepare for the debate against Joe Biden. Now, if you're a rational, sensible, honest, up, up straight, you know, straight up person, how do you, why would you do that? And now you're saying Trump was, a, was everything, all these names, everything, yet you were helping him get reelected? What was that? Please, 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 please. Okay. Speaking of Trump, uh, he was interviewed 
uh, recently by uh, Sean Hannity, as we played you one of those cuts. But here's more. This is about uh, Joe Biden. Here's cut number 80. Ask you, when prominent Democratic voices like Maureen Dowd and and David Axelrod and Van Jones and others are so critical of Joe Biden. And of course, he is struggling cognitively. I can't think of in the last couple of months any appearance that he has had where he wasn't either mumbling or bumbling or stumbling or having no clue where to go, where to exit. Now, my question is, do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I personally don't think he makes it. Okay, I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I'd never really, I personally don't think he might. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, when Joe Biden said he'd like to take uh, Trump out behind the gymnasium and beat the crap out of him. He said it on two separate occasions. Once, I think they were both at schools. Once was to young school kids. This is who the Democrats are. They talk about punching a president, punching a presidential candidate, a sitting president in the case of Cory Booker, Robert De Niro. That's who these people are. Physical violence. And then, God forbid, when there's physical violence, they blame the right. Easy, right? Okay, here's uh, one more from Trump and uh, and Hannity. It's cut number 81. But it was okay. And by the way, it was okay for him to say that. He said, I'd like to take him behind. He could say that, and everyone thought it was so cute. If I ever said it, they'd say, he's a dictator. He's a horrible human being. You know, it's a whole double standard we have, and not only in the law, but just about everything else, as you know very well. I personally don't think he makes it physically. I watched him at the beach. He wasn't able to lift a beach chair, which is meant for children to lift. You can lift him like that. Uh, and mentally, I would say he's possibly equally as bad and maybe worse, but I don't know. I will say this, he's got vicious people surrounding him around that beautiful Oval Office. There are people in that Oval Office that are evil people, bad people, smart people, young, vicious, they're communists and they're bad. Who, they're, who do you think would replace them then? Uh, well, I saw one person on who I actually had a very good relationship with, but I'm sure that it would end very quickly. I saw him in your debate the other night and he's slick, but he's got no facts. You know, he's got no facts. Uh, I thought he did well, considering. You're talking about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, considering that he didn't have the facts, I thought he did well. Very interesting. But I loved what he said about the beginning pointing out what I was talking about, that if he said, I'd like to punch Joe Biden, he's a dictator, right? He's Mussolini. Biden says it. It's a big joke about Trump. All right. Steve Bannon, Steve Bannon on his show on, um, I'll get you in a second. Uh, the show is on, um, I'll get it for you in a second, but I want you to hear, um, what he had to say about um, this is Real America's Voice. It's Bannon's War Room. And he's talking about the interview with Trump and Hannity. Give a listen here to cut number 70. Murdoch's a moron. Murdoch's, Murdoch so missed what happened in 15 and 16. He was ordering nails to do this stuff. He came to the White House. He's not a bright guy. He's not a bright guy. 
He's kind of a nepo because his 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 father had they had money. The sons are the biggest mortars in the world. Untethered with with ales gone, this is truly Steve, a TV for stupid people. Sean Hannity actually thought he was helping Trump last night. Let me ask you a question: Will you be a dictator? Trump gives a full heckle, and here's what I love: the audience gets it. They're laughing. By the way, Sean, they're laughing at you. They're laughing at this stupid, ridiculous question. Of course, Trump's not a dictator. It's absurd on the face of even to consider, even to ask that question that Morning Joe and those guys can cut the clips on shows you're an idiot. And we don't have time for idiots, bro. This is a this is a war. okay? this is a war. We don't have time for a sunshine patriots in this nonsense. And don't carry the water for the Murdochs and don't carry the water for the left. Fighting words. How would you like to see Hannity and Bannon in a debate? I would pay to see that one. Uh, let's go to cut 71. It is disgusting that you ask that question. Let me be blunt. It's disgusting you ask that question. But then when Trump heckles you, that's a heckle, bro. And when the audience has a belly laugh and they're laughing at you, you come back and ask it again. How dumb are you? It's this is absurd. This is this is real life. We're playing for keeps here, dude. We don't care about your twenty five million dollar contract. We're playing for keeps. This is war. And you're just not good enough. and You're just not smart enough. And I've been adamantly opposed since Murdoch is all they're doing is pushing Nikki Haley. They push Yunkin. They push DeSantis. It is the neoliberal neocon with Karl Rove and that whole crowd. And no, dude, but flipping a little bit and Laura Ingram, flipping a little bit. No, it's not good enough. We saw where you guys were. We saw where you guys were. We saw who got in the trenches, who helped the president turn this thing around. It's absurd. You're carrying the water for our enemies. Don't you get that? Wow. I mean, you know, calling Hannity dumb. Uh and and more in that commentary that is that's gutsy on his part if that's what he believes and i don't know i don't think the hannity's responded probably hannity will not respond i mean what's he going to say i was called dumb and then go out yeah you can't there's no place for that but somebody should facilitate a debate between the two of them i mean it could be me but hannity would never do it for me on this show, uh, that'll be in a book one day, <laughs> along with a whole bunch of other things, uh, will be in a book one day. But but um, Hannity would never do it. He would never come. Yeah, Hannity would never do it. Bannon might do it, but not Hannity. Okay, folks, Jason Oborn is next. You know it. I know it. Don't go anywhere. Tomorrow, God willing, uh, we will uh, have no guests and we will... Uh, have a, an hour to share and uh, you know discuss everything and anything and who knows what's going to happen we'll have a follow-up on hunter biden's indictment reaction to it and whatever else uh, transpires between <laughs> today and tomorrow tell your friends tell your enemies tomorrow night 9 p.m eastern time right here on tnt radio vision <laughs>